Okay, welcome back to another Player Acceleration podcast. And today we are going to talk about a practical guide uh, for preparing for games. Uh, So we've talked a bit in the past just about uh, what like game preparation uh, can do for you and the importance of preparing when it actually starts. Uh, But we actually didn't get into the details of what that actually looks like in a practical format when you're going to be playing a game in the next uh, hour or two hours um, and you're arriving to the rink, uh, what does that look like? Or even a practice, a tryout, uh, when you really need to be on top of your game uh, because it is important that you're uh, sharp mentally, you're sharp physically, like you're ready in your body. Um, but it's almost like if you don't, you don't know what you don't know. So if you just go to the rink and you've been training all all summer, but um, you don't have some sort of routine in mind that you've rehearsed or you've practiced before, uh, it's going to like your routine will fall by the wayside. And the, the kind of the crappy part of that is if that happens, then you won't feel that sense of confidence within yourself of when you're about to step on the ice to be able to perform at your your highest level. Um, You might forget some of the training that you did throughout the summer, whether it's certain moves, um, and it can just be tough to get going. It might take you like a few shifts. So we want to make sure that when you step onto the ice that you're like, bang, you're like shaped up, you're ready to go. Uh, and that's what this is really going to do for you. Uh, but first, I want to hear Jens, like before you really understood the value of preparing for, say, like a game, um, either like in in your own uh, gameplay when when you're playing or with players, when you see them uh, before they start working with you and they like come in, they don't have a, a warm up, but then you see them start to transform where they have uh, a preparation routine. Uh, what's the difference that you see within themselves of, of when they have it compared to, to when they don't? Yeah, well, I could speak for my, uh, for myself as an, as a, a former athlete is that, you know, warming up uh, for, for me is, I think has been pretty um beneficial and that it just helps me align my mind for the game you know and I took my game seriously you know playing the game of hockey I got really excited I I love that that passion to be able to do my best and um and so you know I thought well what are the things that I can do to uh, help assist that and and it just came naturally to me that you know doing a warm-up creating space for myself because you know quite often you, you know your team's your team doesn't have a warm-up it's just like come to the game show up in your you know your suit and um and then you know you start getting ready and, and maybe your team does a jog around the uh the the rink or something like that and then you're getting dressed right and everyone's chatting in there so um for me um that i i i didn't really like I thought that was good, uh, but I didn't think they were uh, specific enough. So I, uh, you know, I did my own thing. I developed my own uh, routine. 
Uh, and I found that really helped me, you know, because it gave me the space to really focus on what, and not be distracted by some of the chitter chatter and the banter from some of my other teammates. Um, well, this is when when I went through it. These are some of the environments I, I was in. Um, of course, at certain levels, uh, as, as I got older, um, you know, the team became teams became more kind of focused on on warm up. So that that was good. But even then, I still preferred to uh, add in my own routine um, as a tradition, as a, as a routine, just to make sure that I could be prepared in the way that I need to be prepared. So, of course, I would do the team warm up stuff as well, um, which was good, but it wasn't specific enough. It wasn't what I needed to raise my own inner focus and my clarity and my visualization. It didn't give me the space or the chance to visualize how I needed to play because I, I had to focus on what the team was warming up as a, as a whole. So um, I kind of developed my own thing, but uh, you know, going into the years of uh, personal training after my hockey career, when I, when I started developing my fitness career, as a trainer, I started to, uh, you know, research and, and see um, scientifically what was really the benefit of it. And, um, and, uh, and you, you've discussed this in, um, in, in some of your sessions too, Josh, about visualization and how, um, you know, you're priming the nervous system to, to basically uh, pre-fire, to get ready. So when you plan the, the, the movements in your mind, then or the plays in your mind then when they actually unfold in in the game you, you it's not a shock you know and you're you're kind of primed and you're ready you're doing things at a more natural uh pace versus having to catch up in the in the game and that that, that can all be done in the in the warm-up so you know there's warming up the physical body but then there's also warming up the mind and aligning the mind with the with the body yeah and um there's such a difference too, because like when you feel prepared, like there's that emotional side and it's so neat to hear you like speak about the the nervous system and what goes on there, like literally priming the nervous system. Cause that affects like everything that we do when you feel nervous before a game, like you feel those butterflies. Um, it's almost like you have a, well, you do have a choice of how you drive that uh, those nerves and that excitement or uh, that fear. And it's a very fine line uh, between the two. It's actually like the same emotion. There's like, there's a story of, of a guy who's a, um, a rock star and a story of a, of a, of a guy who's a magician or not a magician, but a musician. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the musician, both of them were working with the exact same mental coach. And the musician went out to uh, the mental coach and said, Hey, like every single time I go on stage, I get this feeling. I get this pit in my stomach that, um, that I feel these nerves. Like I know I'm performing in front of this crowd. My palms start sweating. Uh, my heart starts racing. And there's this huge problem because every single time I go out, I know I'm just going to vomit. And I step on stage and I choke and I don't know what to say. And the rock star goes into the uh, the mental coach uh, into the session with them. And they say almost the exact same thing. They're like, every single time I'm about to step on stage and perform in front of this massive crowd, I get this pit inside of my stomach. It's like butterflies. It's this, this nervous excitement. 
my palms start sweating. And sometimes I feel like I'm actually going to throw up. But when I step on that stage, I know that I'm going to absolutely rock this crowd. And this feeling of the two is the exact same. And it's both the nerves. It's literally the nervous system reacting because we're humans. We have these, these reactions, but it's the perspective and that consciousness of, of making that decision on what to focus on in that given moment that, that you get. And the difference between the two could even be uh, a mental practice, like a mental preparation of whether that, um, that rock star, and even if they're doing unconsciously or consciously that they have some sort of routine that like you hear those, the weirdest stories of like how this artist, they need to have only the red M&Ms in, <laughs> in their cup, but it's, that's part of their routine. Like it's, it's part of a mental like rehearsal and practice of, of what they've developed and when you don't have those, you you might just go back to habits of whether you're traumatized from uh, an experience as a as a kid of of speaking up in class and everyone laughing at you, and that's why you can't perform at at that level. So, yeah, I, I think uh, like that when you attune the nervous system with with uh, what you're saying, Jens, it's it gets into that place of feeling comfortable with that uh, with that discomfort. Yeah, and that's a really good point that you bring up with the rock star, having the same type of sensations like the other musician you were describing, except the only thing that the rock star really um, did was that he had that mental, he or she had that mental um, um, knowledge or that knowing that I'm just going to go out there despite these feelings, I know what to do and I'm just going to do it. And, and, th and that's the same way, like personally, that you know, I warmed up. I actually loved that pressure. I loved that those nerves because uh, because I was able to channel that uh, through my warm ups, and the warm ups again gave me the space to be able to create that scenario. For me, uh, it was uh, it was like a rock star effect, as you describe it. You know, I'm a rock star in hockey, and uh, what am how you know? Let's let's show my stuff. You know, let's show my stuff. Of course, number one to myself, I want to see how well I can play today, but then showing everyone else as well, you know, um, and uh, for me, a lot of times movies inspired me. And so in my warm ups, I would uh, imagine scenes from movies that inspired me and motivated me. Uh, and, and, and then I would put myself in the situation like, hey, this is my movie. And, and then all of a sudden now I'm getting inspired. Like I'm this main character and I'm driving the whole plot. And, and, and so now I'm, I'm getting motivated. So I'm channeling this nervous energy in uh, from that may, that, that may have um, some potential to be, um, you know, uh, confidence, uh, like self-sabotaging, but I, instead I'm, I, I was able to create that naturally uh, into a scenario that helped to elevate me instead of to, to destroy me in terms of confidence and self-esteem that perspective of of being like the actor in your own movie i think is so valuable because when you when you do it for a game it's valuable but even for life it's like you get to be more of a a third party perspective where it's like it's where you can be both the actor the director and the producer, you can be all parts of your life where you can actually write the script of you signing your your deal or your contract or whatever it is that you're wanting to do. And 
you're detached, but then you step into that actor role, which is really um, a really empowering perspective to take. But what I want to get into now is actually sharing this, uh, like a practical approach of showing what this looks like uh, step by step. And regardless, if your team does have their own uh, warm up, you need to have some sort of routine in yourself where you can have your individualized warm up as well. Uh, so that after your team breaks off, you're not just going by happenstance of like, okay, now warm up's done. I uh, go in the room and just get ready. It's like, no, you, you, you prepare for your, your own game as well as the team game. Uh, Cause that'll help you so much. So when we look at like what it would look like to prepare for a game um, and what makes a good warm up, you need to take in like, a holistic perspective of all aspects of yourself. Like you are uh, an emotional being. Uh, you're a physical being. Um, you have the the mental side of you as well. So when we're attuning our entire beingness, we need to take that into consideration. So number one, it's like Think about the the physical side of it. Hockey is such a physical game. Your body, if it's not primed and in that in that position where where you're ready to go, you're not putting yourself at a, at an advantage. Um, so there needs to be some sort of uh, physical warm up. Um, I know know for each team that I coach, we always have like two lines and we do different um, uh, different stretching or running um, drills. Um, to be able to get the the body primed, um, Jens, I know you're like a, you're like a master on this. Do you have perspective of of like what a player should be thinking about when they're uh, preparing physically for the game? Yeah, I have a perspective. I can uh, suggest um, what I what I find has worked um, really well for myself, but also with uh, the athletes that I've worked with is uh, teaching them first of all how to ease into 100% because first thing to understand is that a game is usually 100% intensity but our warm-ups often when we're warming up they like are 20 or 30% nobody wants to really break a sweat because the common myth is like oh I'm going to get tired for the game but um, well that's actually not uh, true because we have what's called a recovery system you know by the time we get dressed and we won't even remember we, we warmed up we've got all most of our energy back anyways but uh, the key here with a, a proper warm-up, at least in my opinion, is to be able, uh, a proper warm-up should take you from, you know, 20%, so walking, jogging, uh, all the way up to almost uh, like a full sprint, like 90%, at least as close to 100%. And and we're not talking like a, a, a workout here. We're not talking to exhaust. We're, we're talking like, for example, building your sprints up. So starting at a walk, going to a jog. Um, you know, setting up a distance, let's say 20 meters, and the first time you uh, you jog it, light jog, then the next time, the next two laps, you're you're running it. And this is just 20 meters. So you can walk back, get to the cone, jog back, right? But see what you're doing is you're also preparing your body and your mind to slowly and, and safely elevate your muscles to the degree where they can work more effectively because it takes time for the muscles to go from cold to warm you don't want to just go straight into sprints because the muscles aren't elastic enough yet because they're not warm enough so i like the the 20 40 60 80 uh 90 
to 95% model. So you go in 20% increments and, you know, you do a couple laps at 20% and then you do a couple uh, uh, faster ones at 40, then 60. You get the idea, right? And so what you're doing now is you're priming your body and you're gradually taking your mind and your body to what that feels like. And these are just short uh, spurts. And then, so there's that as well. But then there's also doing, adding movements with coordination. Now, why is coordination important in a warm-up? Coordination is important in a warm-up because hockey requires a lot of coordination. Most sports do, but especially hockey. When you're in skates, you've got a puck, you've got ice, slippery surface, you've got boards, the game is fast, and it requires a lot of technique. So um, implementing some footwork drills will help uh, also stimulate the mind and connect the mind to the body to be able to focus in on certain specific movements, crossover steps, shimmy steps, lateral shuffle steps, karaoke steps, all of these different movements, which, um, which will help to warm up areas uh, that hockey players use, areas of the hips, groin, hip, uh, glutes, quads, calves. And once you elevate that, once you do it a few times, your body's going to feel better. Your body's going to break through the kind of five-hour car ride or the bus trip that you just sat down for like so long, right? And your hips get tight, you stand up, you get a cramp and you have to sit back down because you, you've just been in that position for so long, right? So the uh, a, a good warm-up should basically elevate yourself to the point where you know, you're going 90% sprint at the end and just hitting that and breaking that sweat, just breaking the sweat. Breaking means starting a sweat. Once you're starting a sweat, now you're ready to go and do some stretching, right? And the stretching that I recommend is dynamic stretching, which is stretching and balance or stretching actively where the muscles have to engage. Um, static stretching is more passive stretching where you can rest your leg on a, a bench and just kind of lean forward and let the gravity do the stretch. And so that there's not really uh, much going on there, right? And that's usually a good post-game thing to do where your game's over and you can passively stretch. There's no movement. You don't have to do any work. Dynamic stretching is where you have to engage your mind to balance your body and to effectively um, exercise the muscles while they're stretching. That's the difference between a passive stretch and dynamic stretching. <clears throat> So once you've elevated your body uh, through some movements, some different movement patterns, and gone through that process of 20, 40, 60, 80, about 90%, maybe 95%, depending on what you feel. You want to almost clip 100 just for a short little sprint just to get there, and you feel your heart rate increasing, uh, you feel your breathing rate increasing. Now you know you're warming up properly, but if there's no increase in heart rate or breathing rate and you're not breaking a sweat, you're not, you're not going to prime your body as effectively. So getting back to the dynamic stretching, that could be anything like balancing on one leg. So grabbing your knee, tucking your knee into your chest while balancing on one leg and then, and then switching, taking a step forward and doing the next stretch and, and doing stretches like that, you know, stretching your quads and then taking a step forward, uh, some forward lunges, things like that, where you're stretching your hips, but you're also coordinating your steps and you're coordinating the precision of the steps and you're mentally focused on the technique of that uh, of that movement so that you're dialing in, you're not dialing out, you're actually connecting your mind to the body because it's like, you know, if you had to pr uh, program your, yourself to, okay, 
Turn on mind, turn on body. Okay, next step program, connect the two together. And so that's kind of essentially what you go when you do movements into dynamic stretching. What you're doing is you're now connecting mind and, and, and body because the dynamic stretching really um, allows you to focus on balance and balance is the key to hockey and balance enhances, balance exercises and stretches help enhance reaction time. They help enhance the, uh, focus and they help enhance the um, uh, the proprioception, which is basically um, the sensory receptors in, in the muscles and in the joints that help communicate to the brain and send the signals more coherently and faster. So you, you're, it, you're smoother in your movements. It's more natural, right? What, I'm curious to hear what your perspective is on, uh, like even with music during warm-up, uh, like say like individually, because when when I look at it, uh, like w coaching a team, I like to I'd like to see like inclusivity within the team when they're when they are training with one another or they're warming up. So like as the group, but then when they go into their individual stuff, like I know uh, when uh, like when I was playing, I would get like the headphones in and I get like really excited listening to the the songs that really like drew the emotions out of me that were um that i really want to experience so i had like a, a playlist like right before that that really um before games that got me like in that moment where i'm like super excited to 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 go out but i feel like there's a time to be able to do that for yourself and there's a time to do that um to not do that when you're with the team as well um because there is a big emotional side, like emotions are everything as human beings, like they have such a huge effect on the quality of our life, the quality of our perception, and our beliefs. And um, I'm curious to hear what you what you think about, uh, about like music and integrating that within, uh, within warm up, whether it's headphones or even as a team. Yeah, well, I'm not sure that uh, I, I heard you correctly, but it sounded like you were um, like you were talking as a coach at the very beginning there about, you know, having um, a space for the players to listen to their music, but also having um, a space for the team to say, OK, no music. Let's focus together as a team. Yeah. Is that kind of what you were? Yeah, yeah, saying? yeah. I, I like that. I think that would that would have. I think for me uh, growing up and playing hockey, I think that would have benefited me more because I did rely on music quite a bit. And um, and although music um, did 100% motivation, motivate me, um, it also tired me uh, because I, I was pre-rushing, like I was pre-activating the adrenaline. I was pre-activating all of these hormones that, you know, those kind of fight or flight hormones that, you know, those nervous hormones that, um, that just, that you, it's like you're burning it. So you, it's like you're working out, but you're not, you're just listening to music, but your body is, 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 uh, releasing, you know, chemicals that are supposed to be burned through physical exertion. And here I am sitting in the dressing room, listening to music or in the car ride over, and uh, I'm getting these emotions that are just burning through my body. And so, um, yeah, the, it worked for, in terms of motivation, but what I did notice with music is that sometimes music didn't always help me. Like um, when the puck dropped, I felt like sometimes, and, and I, I can't really pinpoint a specific example, but I, I did become aware of the, these, these patterns that, that happen 
is that sometimes music, like listening to too much music, there was no real difference. I noticed when I didn't listen to music, I couldn't really see a, a difference. But what I did notice is that sometimes when I, when I overly relied on music, when I'm like, I have to play this song because this is a super hype game and I need to play a super hype song. I noticed that, yeah, I was motivated, but I was also, I was struggling with fatigue a little bit, like come when the shift came and I was like, I was just wondering like, why am I so tired? And I'm thinking, you know, now I'm thinking in hindsight going, had I been guided or coached to maybe uh, say, you know, why don't you like relax a bit and a little calm down a little bit more. Sometimes overhyping, you know, can, can be more tiring and fatiguing. And I never thought of it that way. So now I think when I think of it, it's like, I think, you know, there's a time and place for music. Um, but at that time, I was overly dependent. It was like I had these specific playlists. I had the time at which I had to play it uh, in, in the dressing room or in the car. And it, it just um, sometimes also what I realized is that music also created memories of certain games. Right. But the thing is, every game you go into, you, you, there's a different result. And, and so sometimes you know, you lose, you lose faith in some of the songs because you use it as a superstition and then it starts to get con really confusing. Right. And then you're finding new songs and, and you're getting into this whole other world. that's actually distracting you from, from becoming uh, like more balanced and playing hockey and more consistent. So um, now that I know what I know and I don't play competitive sports anymore. Um, but for me, um, I don't need the pre-hype anymore. Actually, I find when I go more calm, and uh, I, I don't listen to music. I, I can bring something out that I have never brought before. And I'm getting older. And of course, I'm not playing competitive sports anymore. But I feel that I'm able to tap into something that's a little bit more of a focused energy and a calm and composed energy, which allows me to play smarter. It allows me to play with my head up a, a lot more. And um, and it's different than when I was younger, you know. But what, what about you? Well, I think there's a difference uh between between routine and uh uh which not stereotype but the uh what's that word that you use where it's like you're attached to a, a certain outcome um and you do uh, something over and over superstition superstition yeah superstition there's a like there's a difference between superstition and and routine and i've uh experienced the like similar things i know like when i physically like go for long runs now sometimes i'll just listen to like the calmest music like or or like just really joyful music and it uh it just eases any tension that uh or stress that that i'm going through uh, so it doesn't always have to be hype, but it is fun to get into those modes. But if you're over overhyped, I do see how that can drain the adrenals. Like, cause hockey is such a rush, such a game of adrenaline and to have that sustained, um, uh, that sustained energy, you need that, uh, you, you need to ref like refuel the, the adrenal glands, whether that's with, um, having that, that bit of time to, allow your body to get into that um like that restful state uh mm -hmm. of calm focus uh when you're fueling yourself with like fruits or uh or a good uh like quality energy um so that when you go into that game you're not feeling like 
Oh man, I feel like I already played the first period. You want to feel like that, that energy where you are sustained. And, and I, I believe that uh, when you have uh, superstitions, it creates an attachment within your mind. And that attachment can draw a lot of energy from yourself. Um, there is a difference between superstition and routine. I feel like if you have a routine, it's something that you you usually do over and over and it gets you a certain result for you. But uh, a routine is, is a routine which can change and evolve. A superstition is stagnant and it's fixed in, in one place and it's something that has right. to be done every single time the same way. And if it's not done, then you think you're not going to get that result where <laughs> we live in an all expanding universe and everything is constantly changing. So how could we be attached to any uh, like one result of it happening over and over if that isn't even a, a guarantee. So I have experienced that. And the reason why I feel strongly about that is because when I've been attached to superstitions, it can really throw things off. And it's, I just don't think it's cool to put yourself in a state where you're, where you're setting yourself up to lose <laughs> just because yeah. Just because you didn't get the washroom stall that you, you go in every exactly. time. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to be flexible within your routines. And, and if you arrive late to a game, you still have to get into that mode where it's like, boom, you're in that mental, physical, emotional state to be able to play uh, without having to go to these certain places for yourself, whether it's physically or like, or yeah, usually it's all physical. Like it's not even inside yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a very good point, Josh. Very good points about being flexible with uh, routine and, and, and growing and, and changing that, uh, you know, and, and not relying on a, an attachment to a certain, um, you know, uh, routine or a certain thing that we do, um, you know, because, you know, what happens if we don't get that stall, like you said, or what, you know, we don't sit in the right place or so it just becomes, I think, can actually backfire like like you said but uh you know another thing to consider also is um with with going back to the the music is um is like in guided meditations why do we do guided meditations right what is the purpose of, of meditation and um and so what we see on the brain scans what they reveal is different parts of the brain that activate and, and fire up and um, and so, you know, the part of the brain that's like the, the fight or flight, the stress response is like this little tiny amygdala, right? It's it, that lights up, you know, it's just a small, smaller part of the brain, right? And but uh, when uh, that's when we're in a state of stress, right? Or, or we could even say hype running, right? Um, and um, and so when we calm ourselves down through meditation, when we still the mind, what we find is we, we uh, the brain scans reveal that. Uh, the, the larger surfaces of the brain um, become red and red means activity because red means heat, right? And blue, when you see the blue on the scans, that's, there's no activity. So you start to see the whole brain light up in this orangey red, kind of like your, your shirt. And, um, and that, and that means that you've got all the different parts of the brain now communicating and working together. And these parts are parts of the brain responsible for critical reason, reasoning, uh, decision-making, making choices, um, and, and things like that. So um, going back to music, mute, if 
if we relate music to stimulating the stress response, like let's say it creates hype, but that hype is the stress response. Now what we're actually doing is we're narrowing our focus as a hockey player, which is good, but now we are reliant purely on physical strength and speed and whatever we have. But the mind in terms of making decisions now is losing out on the entire game of hockey. So when we come from a place that's more calm, we may not be as fast on a breakaway, right? But because we're not overly hyped, we're not gung-ho, we're not stating like the term, a chicken with its head cut off. If you've heard that before, you'll know. It's like just skating into the boards and crashing in there and then back-checking hard. If you're missing the play all the time, it's, it's useless, right? So this could be uh, overhyped. And we've all seen players like that you know they're hard workers but they're just they're just always behind the player they're falling or missing or they don't have the skill or so but you know something like that what would help um is to calm down and what that does is then it broadens uh, the ability of the mind to see the play so now we're not going in the stress mode um we're actually it doesn't mean we're not working hard it means we're still working hard but we're not coming from, we're not activated by the chemicals of stress to be able to perform and shut down our mind. We're actually now performing on a more balanced level where we have a more balanced physical and mental approach to the game so that we can uh, see where our teammates are. We can maybe slow down on that breakaway and just lift our head up. For example, if we're in the fight or flight response, common thing will be like, oh my God, I'm on a breakaway. Oh my God, I'm on a breakaway. I gotta go, there's someone checking me. But now you're not, you don't have time to look up because you're so concerned about running away or skating away from the player that, that you can hear the skates grinding behind you that you're not focused for the next step. But if you're calm, you know you're on the breakaway, you're going as fast as you can, but now you're in the con you have the conscious space because you're not triggered by that narrow focus of one thing behind that one thing behind you chasing you the one player, you now can open up and go, I know, I realize the player's behind me, but I'm already going as fast as I can. Now it's time to look forward and take the next step. Maybe slow down. Okay, there's the empty space. This is how the goalie's positioned. And this is all happening in like nanoseconds. But those little decisions to be able to shift where you focus expands you as a hockey player. And so this is where meditation comes in. <clears throat> Like when you were saying, sometimes I listen to music that's hype on my long runs. And sometimes I listen to music that's calming. So um, it, it really comes down to what your purpose is for your game, what your role is. But uh, ideally, um, if you're a versatile player and you want to improve your game, I would think that, you know, coming from a more calm approach uh, would would allow the game to just open up in a different kind of way, in a more skill based and a more tactical way. Yeah. Well, I think what, what you bring up is in alignment with what I want to touch on next too, is like, because we spoke about the physical side of preparation and then um, you talked about like the meditation and what that actually does to your brain uh, when you're preparing for a game. So say we, we just went out and you just did the, the warm up where um, you're doing the, uh, the 20% building up to the, 30, 40, 90%, 95, all the way to, to 100, getting that full sprint in. So you just exerted your body. Uh, you might be not like uh, completely sweating yet. You might be starting to have those little beads. Um, but 
next, like you usually go uh, and you might have your own like range of motion stuff that you do by yourself individually within your body, uh, listening to the music and starting to experience <laughs> some of those emotions. Um, but next you have that time between where you actually get dressed to go out on the game and in your gear um, and that time where you have by yourself. And I feel like this is like the time where you can use some of those meditations uh, or visualizations um, and breathing to be able to calm that nervous system to get into that state of what you're what you're talking about. And when I think of um, of visualization and meditation, sometimes uh, the two can be uh, interchangeable. But meditation to me is like more using breath, and visualization yeah. is like stimulating the mind to um, to be able to envision a certain outcome or create a certain response within your body a meditate meditation is like also um, it's the breath but it's the consciousness and raising awareness mm -hmm. so it would help with your hockey iq um, your hockey sense your game sense of being aware of where players are on the ice just because you're simply aware and there's no extra effort that actually has to be done besides understanding how to calm the nervous system to be able to um, recognize even right now when you're listening to my voice or you're in your car or you're on your computer and you're looking at your environment like awareness means that you're taking in more information in any given second but you're also actively um, detaching yourself from that through shutting your eyes and through breathing and the visualization is getting into that state where you are in that relaxed and um, it's uh, also called like the alpha brain wave where you're just like focusing on the breath, but you can stimulate a certain um, response inside your mind to visualize uh, when we do like acceleration sessions with, with players, it's like visualizing themselves into the future and coming into an experience of your future self and gaining actual uh, information, uh, knowledge, wisdom of how to play your game of how to show up uh, you can even go to the extent before games of envisioning roles where you feel the most amount of pressure and angst and yeah. calm your nervous system to be able to rehearse yourself, having success in those areas. Maybe you're a defenseman and every single time that you try to move the puck from the goal line to the winger uh, on the breakout you know this team gives you a lot of pressure. And usually when you play this team, you, you turn it over. But in your response to that or pre-response before the game, you can envision yourself holding on to that puck and making a quick decision that it goes tape to tape. And then you rewind that and then you do it again. And you see yourself doing it so often that when you're in that actual game, instead of feeling that pressure and be like, oh, no, like it just just gave the puck up, that you feel that calm, that centeredness to be able to make that play. And that's just talking about the defense, goalie, forwards, uh, breakaways, offensive decisions, defensive decisions, mm -hmm. power play. Like there's a whole tactical perspective of this, of where you can break down certain parts of the game. Um but you can also use your creativity to envision yourself doing things that you don't normally even do uh, that you wish you would start doing because um, I didn't say can because you are 
uh, or wish you can because you can actually do things when you practice them and when you visualize and put your mind to it. Uh, so the next aspect after you're physically like in that zone within your body, um, you're starting to generate some of those emotions. It's, it's getting the mind into a space where you're actually creating um, yourself and being the actor in these roles and playing out these situations of where you don't normally have success or you want to have more success and, and then imagining them. It's really weird, uh, but also very special to see what happens when you actually experience these situations after you envision them because they they happen you're like whoa like i actually experienced that already 10 times today uh but this is the first time physically yeah exactly that's a really really good point about the uh the visualization and the meditation and you know using the the, the breathing and the visualization combining those and um you know i guess uh, I wanted to just add, like you know, that that's a good actually um, segue into uh, completing uh, the warm up. Is you know, you've got your physical warm up. You know, you've got your 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 twenty forty sixty eighty. You, you know, you're getting that sweat going, so you're prepping the physical body as you move into the dynamic stretching. It's a, now it's a little bit more focused. There's there's no sprinting anymore. It's more balance and coordination, enhancing the nervous system by um, preparing it. So now you're connecting the mind to the body. And then, you know, a good opportunity to complete the warm up would be uh, I'm thinking, you know, just when the coach is talking to you after you're, everyone's fully dressed and a, a coach might be, you know, going over a few uh, things on the board before you head out on the ice. So that's when you can just relax, sit, lay back, lean back on the wall and just take a few, uh, just take a few breaths. You know, you don't even have to close your eyes. Nobody will know you're doing it. But I, I would suggest to, uh, to complete your warm up is to do a scan of the body. So just scan any tension. If you're locked, tell yourself to relax in the shoulders and the neck and take a few deep breaths. Start to tune in, scan your body for tension. And if you have any tension, release it and tune in to the quality of your breath, you know, and just start to expand your breathing and slow it down. And you'll notice that will have a calming effect. After a few breaths, you'll start to feel, oh my gosh, I, I'm actually, when I focus on, you know, taking deeper, slower breaths, I can actually feel my heart rate slowing down. I can feel my breathing rate kind of slowing down. And now you're basically aligning yourself and you're centering yourself, especially if you're a player that has super high nerves and those nerves can affect the way you play. This would be a good opportunity. Uh, and you do it with your eyes open. You know, you don't need candles and you don't need to be alone. You can be in a room full of people in a meeting in the dressing room with your teammates and nobody will know you're doing this. All it is is an attention inwards and you're just focusing on um, taking deeper breaths, like five breaths. And what happens is you're going to start to feel the heart rate reduce, the breathing rate reduce, and it's going to calm and center you. And uh, it's just going to clear your, your mind and it's going to finish. It's going to be the finishing step to the stuff you you did before in your warm up. And um, to me, that is like a, the complete package of a, a warm up and warming up properly. Imagine someone had their hockey bag and then they carried a Ziploc full of candles. <laughs> And they're like, wait one sec. <laughs> yeah, just, just set it up all over the room. Well, that's just the thing, though. Here is is that 
you, it's finding the balance. What we're talking yeah. about is not overhyped, but it's not too calm either. This is this is not good. I've gone into games where I've not focused, I've not prepared, and I've been caught off guard completely. I'm like, okay, this this was like I, I came in too sleepy here. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't wake my body up enough. So uh, it's finding that sweet spot in between that I think is the key. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, go and take your uh, your preparation either enhance it or now create a preparation for yourself because this is such an important part of your game uh to be able to perform at a top level is this preparation uh thanks Jens for joining again and I look forward to the next one yeah and and let us know uh what your warm-up is and how you warm up and if you want to comment absolutely okay see you guys